And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now. It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. Indeed, Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Love, love, love our time spent together. I normally spend time on Supertalk 99.7 WTN from noon until 3 on a daily basis. Would love for you to check us out at 997WTN.com. That's 997WTN.com. You can also find me on all the socials, primarily over on Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, I guess, according to Elon Musk. Uh, and over there, I am at Matt Murphy Show, at Matt Murphy Show. Thanks to Gary. Thanks to Eric. And before it slips away from me, thank you to Brian. Uh, Brian's back at home base, and he makes this as easy as possible. I mean, it's plug and play, uh, and he makes me sound so, so good, and I appreciate Brian and all of his efforts back there. And he's also a pretty darn good guy. So we've got uh, a little more time together and so many stories to get to, to include, uh, what is it called? They're calling it Barbenheimer. So the, the, the combination of the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie in in combination, they're so polar opposite in terms of style and audience attractiveness. Uh, in other words, they're just they're they're attracting two completely different types of audiences. Uh, Hollywood is now putting them together and calling them Barbenheimer, and some people are actually going to see them back to back. Which I don't know that I would recommend, considering that Oppenheimer, I'm told, is a three hour film itself, uh, a film that I look forward to seeing. Uh, in uh, in IMAX brilliant, 70-millimeter IMAX brilliance. But we've got that going on. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I promised a view into the, uh, the latest by Kamala Harris, the Vice President of the United States. I'm on record, as I mentioned last hour. I do not believe that Joe Biden will make it to the finish line as the Democrat nominee for President of the United States in 2024. Uh, there are many things going against Joe Biden, not the least of which is age and infirmity. One of the things that keeps him around, one of the reasons why uh, the Democrat political apparatus is currently allowing for his running for another term, is Kamala Harris. She was a poorly considered, poorly selected vice presidential candidate. Joe Biden made the brazen promise 
uh, that he would select no other. He would consider no other candidate outside of an African-American female, which considerably limited his candidate pool and ultimately led to his selection of Senator Kamala Harris, someone who was so ill received by the Democrat Party base that she could not get out of the one percentile, two percentile while she was running for president of the United States, despite having, you know, a, a fair amount of things going for her. Well, the fact of the matter is Kamala Harris is not very politically bright and she's willing to say or do anything that she's told to wit last week, late last week, Thursday, I guess it was, she blasted efforts in, quote, some states to ban books and push revisionist history. She visited Florida last week to criticize their new school curriculum. I want to play a clip for you of that visit and some of the things that Kamala Harris had to say. Here's a little audio from Kamala Harris from last Friday. Extremists, so-called leaders for months have dared to ban books, book bans in this year of our Lord, 2023. All right, let's deal with this first. Easily dispatched. Uh, No one is banning books in the United States of America. What educators are saying is that there is a curriculum standard that needs to be followed and that certain materials, materials that may be appropriate for a 10th grader wouldn't be appropriate for a 6th grader, for example. And material that might be appropriate for someone who is a senior in high school might not be appropriate for someone who is a freshman in high school. Is there anyone listening to this show that disagrees with that? That you have to have curriculum standards and you have to put age-appropriate materials in places where age-appropriate individuals in schools can get to them and you have to keep them away from individuals who are not of that age? Who, who disagrees with that? Sadly, there are many woke liberals running around that want to expose our children at their youngest and tender ages to sexual-oriented material, material that is wholly inappropriate for the classroom. This is everything about the, quote, don't say gay legislation. It wasn't a matter of not saying gay. It was a matter of, only introducing age-appropriate subjects at a time where they are, say it with me now, age-appropriate. But Kamala Harris, you know what? I go back and forth. Maybe she doesn't know that. Maybe she is so politically dim-witted that she hasn't figured that out. And that just turns her into a parrot. Worse still, she does know, but she says it anyway because it's politically expedient to do so. For months have dared to ban books. Nobody's banning book books. Book bans in this year of our Lord, 2023. Tell me a book that's been banned. Tell me one book that has been banned from publication in the United States of America. Just, am I missing one? I'm willing to wait. Extremists here in Florida. Pass a law, don't say gay. Trying. There was nothing in that law that said don't say gay. Nothing. That's what the liberals called it. 
the legislation indicated to individuals within the classroom that they were not to include in second grade materials about sexuality because it was determined by educators and those that were creating the curriculum that in second grade, a school teacher should not introduce conversations about sexuality of any nature, including homosexuality. Once again, much like the book ban, I ask you, is there anyone that disagrees with that or the concept of book ban? Is there anyone that disagrees that we should only introduce these subjects at a time when the general consensus is it's age appropriate to do so? Instead of addressing the issue and coming to the table of conversation and dealing with when that age might be that you would introduce these types of concepts, the Democrats use it as a bludgeon against conservative-minded people, saying that they're book banners, comparing them to Nazis. It's disgusting. It's a part of the political left playbook. But I repeat myself. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting you know there's so many great ways to find great deals hey i have a great find in your bargain hunting journey book online at motel6.com use the code cp red eye to get 15 percent off your stay at motel 6 or studio 6 with almost 1500 locations across the country there's almost always a motel 6 or studio 6 nearby and truck parking is available at most locations enjoy a clean comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code cp red eye that's the letters cp red eye all one word for 15 percent off your stay at motel6.com that is a bargain that's just something i've noticed brought to you by motel 6 Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So the discussion by Kamala continues. Pass a law, don't say gay. Never Trying happened. to instill fear in our teachers that they should not live their full life and love who they love. Wait, so she's actually, she said this this past Friday. So she's suggesting that telling school teachers not to openly... By the way, nothing in the legislation passed by Florida prevents a school teacher from privately and individually counseling any age student on any subject matter. What the law said was that you are not to introduce it as a part of your classroom instruction. And now what Kamala has done is gone further and said that the law was intended to prevent teachers from living their full lives and being who they are. Here's a hot tip to the Democrats. The 1970s called, and they want their culture wars back. Nobody cares who you're married to anymore. I've long believed that from a religious perspective, I'm going to leave that up to God Almighty himself to work that out. 
But from a constitutional and law-based perspective, nobody gives a rip. You can continue to try to use this issue as a bludgeon to the cows come home, and that doesn't make it any more so. And here she had the uh, the final kind of coup de grace. And now, on top of all of that, they want to replace history with lies. Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. High schoolers may be taught that victims of violence, of massacres, were also perpetrators. I said it yesterday. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not have it. Now, remember what I told you at the beginning of our discussion today. Leftist complain about that which they are doing themselves, and Kamala Harris is gaslighting the American people with these remarks. For her to say it is an insult and an attempt to gaslight us, we will not stand for it. This is a it is a brazen lie, what she just said. And as Charles Cook wrote in National Review, not just a brazen lie, it's evil. What she is doing is evil. It is deliberately misleading the American people. And as he put it, in any sensible political world, the vice president of the United States of America would be pushed to by a mainstream media that aired her lies to apologize for said lies. Charles Cook writes a piece in National Review. And he said, I've been trying to work out how to best illustrate the scale of her falsehood. And I've come to the conclusion the only way to achieve it is to list in one place all the relevant parts of the course about which she is complaining. In other words, every bit of the course curriculum that deals with slavery, slaves, abolitionism, civil rights, and African-Americans in the document. The list is impressive. What Kamala Harris did. Out of a list that is pages and pages and pages and pages and pages long, she referenced one mention of the fact that in the institution and instruction, how slaves developed skills which in some instances could be applied for personal benefit. That is in the curriculum. By the way, curriculum written by African-Americans, I should note. If you read, if you, and I agree with Cook on this front, if you read the entirety of the curriculum presented by the state of Florida and you continue to agree with Kamala Harris that it is that what Kamala Harris said is indicative of the narrative direction of the course rather than a tiny part of it, then you are beyond saving and you deserve to live your life as an ignoramus. Which is what Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is either an ignoramus or she's a willing participant in a manipulative lie, which is far worse. There is no way that you read the course curriculum and conclude that this in any way whitewashes slavery. It does not. Among other things, it includes sections on the conditions for Africans during their passage to America, 
the conditions of slaves in British North American colonies, the Caribbean and Central and South America, including mortality rates, the harsh conditions and consequences of British American plantations, infant and child mortality rates of the enslaved, how the South tried to prevent slaves from escaping and their efforts to end the Underground Railroad, the death rates caused by the practice, uh, African resistance to the institution of slavery, the ramifications of prejudice, racism, and stereotyping on individual freedoms, the struggles faced by African American women in the 19th century as it relates to issues of suffering, and on and on and on it goes. I've just barely started. She is lying for the purposes of driving a wedge in the midst of the American people, suggesting that Ron DeSantis and other Republicans in Florida are just abject racist because it's the only page out of the playbook that seems to work. It's 419. Oh, well, it's 19 after the hour, I should say, considering the the amount of you that are listening in different time zones, it's Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio. Monday is the start day of a follow-up to a 2021 United Nations Food Systems Summit. Agriculture Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs Jenny Moffitt leads the U.S. delegation in Rome for the U.N. Food Systems Summit Plus Two stock-taking moment. In 2021, at the inaugural summit, we all charted out and made plans of what we would like to do, and this is a chance for us all to reflect on what we've done. The three-day summit, looking to build more sustainable and resilient food systems globally includes the undersecretary's participation as a speaker in sessions ranging from school meals to innovations through science and technology. She adds, I'm really looking forward to coming there with curiosity. I'm looking forward to listening and hearing what other countries are doing and so that we can bring that back to the United States and think about how we can continue the work that we're doing with new frames of mind. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It is Red Eye Radio. Matt in for Gary McNamara, Eric Harley. Gary and Eric back tomorrow, a Monday night, Tuesday morning edition of Red Eye Radio. Love talking with you on the phones, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. And obviously, up until our time is done together, would love to hear from you. Turn a monologue into a dialogue. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer has said during an interview this past week, that congressional investigators obtained financial records that allegedly show they demonstrate evidence-based demonstration that transaction from Russia to the Biden family occurred. This is not Ukrainian Burisma deal. This is different. Russia. Comer made the remarks during an interview uh, this week on Senator Ted Cruz's podcast called Verdict, co-hosted by talk show host and all-around good guy Ben Ferguson. Ferguson asked, I want to know what countries so far you can name for sure. And there's one country that has not been talked about a lot. That's Russia. To which Comer responded, stay tuned. Cruz interjected, stay tuned. You want to break the news? This is a podcast. You got to show a little leg here, James. We have more bank records than we have received. We have more bank records than that we've received, said Comer. 
We're working on a third memorandum. They will show transactions from Ukraine and Russia. Those remarks come after Senator Chuck Grassley re- uh, released an FBI-generated FD-1023. We've talked about this memo in the past, this 1023, uh, which is not a classified document. It is a, a form filled out by the FBI to include what the whistleblower had to say about some of these payments being made from foreign countries to the Biden crime family. The form showed that an FBI confidential human source, a CHS, alleged they were told by Burisma CEO that he was forced by the Biden family to pay that $10 billion. That has been established. What was new in this podcast that happened late last week was the concept that it goes beyond Ukraine and it goes directly to Russia. Now, we've heard about the Chinese payments. So we now have three separate countries that, at least if you believe James Comer, and I have no reason not to, he has produced in the past. And Chuck Grassley is a rock star in the face of a hostile majority in the United States Senate. He continues to get this information out legally, demonstrating how deep the the Biden crime family syndicate truly does go. The addendum to the report from June 2020 says that the CEO of Burisma told the confidential human source that he had 17 separate recordings. This came from from Grassley. 17 recordings, including interactions, including two directly with Joe Biden. The other 15 allegedly with Hunter Biden. And we we heard from previous callers, the mainstream media continues to one out of Washington, D.C. in particular, where the Washington Post will not print it. Ask yourself why. They will not bother with the story, even if it is to say that they don't believe the story. They went down every rabbit hole known to man during the Trump administration. If, If they could find a confidential source to say it, they would print it. And in some cases, I'm of the belief that they made the confidential sources up. I believe that. I believe they talked to each other in the newsrooms of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And then they just printed those things. However, in the face of a mountain of evidence, the Washington Post, New York Times, ABC, CBS, NBC, they say nothing. Corrupted as the day is long. The incredible story of Carly Russell when we return. If you've never heard this story, you will not believe it. Want to stay tuned for that. Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. Thank you so much. Red Eye Radio continues. 866-90-RED-EYE. Matt Murphy with you in Gary and Eric's absence. They'll be back tomorrow night or uh, this morning, tomorrow night, or tomorrow night, this morning, depending on your point of view. If you've not heard the story, most of us, if you keep up with the news, perhaps have heard the story of an Alabama woman by the name of Carly Russell. If you've not heard this story, just buckle up. This is one of the weirdest stories, and and the conclusion remains to be seen. We don't know a lot of aspects of this story that will help us figure out exactly what was going on on the night of July 13th. This began to make national headlines quickly, 
after it was reported locally by AL.com. And I suppose my interest in the story was born of the fact that I am now in Nashville, Tennessee, working at Supertalk 99.7 WTN. For 20 years, I was a part of talk radio in Birmingham, Alabama, with a couple of different radio stations. And so I suppose I gravitate to Alabama-centric stories more than many of you across the United States. However, this story made national headlines for one reason and then began, began, began making national headlines for another reason. So on July 13th, I'm going to set this up for you. Let's talk about the 911 call. Carly Russell, at 934 at night, called 911. And in calling 911, she reported a young toddler, a male, little boy, in a T-shirt and diaper, walking along I-459, which is um, which is an interstate just outside of Hoover, Alabama, without any shoes on. When she called 911 and were piecing things together from further investigations into the case, she spoke on the phone briefly with the 911 operator, saying that she was going to stop to check on the child. She pulled her Mercedes-Benz over to do so, Traffic camera footage that was eventually sent to the Federal Bureau of Investigation indicates that when she called 911, she drove the length of about six football fields, 600 yards, while allegedly following the toddler um, along the interstate, which is seemingly an impossible task. More on that later. So she calls 911 and indicates that there's a toddler walking by themselves along the side of the road, and she is going to check on that person, check on that child. Despite the fact that 911 told her to stay on the line, she got off the line. And according to a family member, she called one of her family members to say as much that she found a toddler on the side of the road. The family member reported hearing Carly Russell say to this child that she claimed was on the side of the road, are you okay? At which time there was a scream and the phone stayed active and all you heard was road noise from the interstate from there on out, which sounds like an awful scene out of the movie Taken. More on the movie Taken in a moment. So there were no other reports of a child along the interstate. There's no report of a missing child in that area. Traffic camera footage, which was sent to the FBI investigation unit has not yet been returned right after the 911 call was disrupted she called a family member to say that she was stopping to check on a toddler along the interstate the family member told investigators they lost contact with her but the phone line remained open police arrived at the scene minutes later it wasn't very long and they found her car running all of her per- what what they thought were all of her personal belongings but no sign of Ms. Russell and no sign of a toddler. So that began a search where local, state, and federal law enforcement officials searched for Carly Russell for over two days, specifically 49 hours. The family began a search at the Hoover Met, which is the minor league, or uh, it was formerly uh, minor league baseball stadium. 
A woman by the name of Angela Harris, who is the mother, mother of Anaya Blanchard, led a local search while Carly Russell's parents began searching in other southern states. This is perhaps when you, all across America, began hearing about the story. 911 dispatchers received a call from the Red Roof Inn in a nearby community of Vestavia Hills that family members of Carly Russell showed up. Family members told the person in the lobby they received a call from Russell saying she was at the motel. Police say there were no there was no evidence of anyone signing in under her name. It was on July 15th, two days later, after she was believed to have been abducted, that Carly Russell returned home on foot. Surveillance footage shows that Russell was walking down the sidewalk by herself before arriving at the house. Police responded to the scene to attempt to investigate. Medical professionals took her to a local hospital for evaluation. She had a minor injury on her lip. She had $107 in cash in her sock. No alcohol or drugs were in her system. It was at that time that police obtained their one and only statement from Carly Russell. Her statement indicated that when she got out of the car to check on the toddler, a man came out of the woods and mumbled that he was checking on the baby. The man then picked her up and threw her over a fence, and the next thing she remembered, she was in the back of an 18-wheeler. This is according to Russell. In the truck, there was a man with orange hair and a bald spot, according to her. She also reported hearing a baby and a woman. Russell claims she escaped the truck but found herself in a car and taken back to a house where she was undressed and photographed. She then indicated that a woman fed her cheese and crackers and played with her hair. She was able to escape and found herself running through the woods, and then eventually she found herself back at her house. Now, here's what police have uncovered about Carly Russell's story. There's a lot of confusion and mystery. One, before her appearance, they indicated that there was a robust search uh, history on her laptop computer, her telephone, and other devices. Carly Russell searched if you have to pay for an Amber Alert. She also searched how to take money from a register without being caught. She searched a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham, Alabama to Nashville, Tennessee. See, she researched the movie Taken, starring Liam Neeson. She researched the maximum age one has to be to issue an Amber Alert. And then police indicated that there were other searches that they say would shed light on her mental state, but they refused to indicate what those searches were. They also say that they received, so she left work that evening, July 13th, and surveillance footage shows that Carly Russell concealed a bathrobe and toilet paper from her job at the Woodhouse Day Spa. She then stopped to get food at a local restaurant and then went to a local Target to get snacks and stayed in the parking lot for a few minutes. Now, here's the the interesting part. One, Carly Russell wore a wig in her day-to-day life. And her wig was found at the scene along with her cell phone and her running vehicle. What was not found at the scene was the bathrobe, the toilet paper, or the snacks that she bought at Target. Those were gone. 
Now, police aren't saying much. But here's the fascinating aspect of this. After hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours and a lot of concern from the local community that there were crazy people on the loose abducting women off the sides of the interstate highway and using children as bait. The police say that there was a robust search history before her disappearance, and they indicated in a press conference July 19th that there was no danger to the general public. That's what they say. In the meantime, Talitha and Carlos Russell spoke on the Today Show on NBC about the return of their daughter, and they say that they believed their daughter. I don't know that anybody else does. They say they believe their daughter was abducted. The police were looking for her abductor. The police said that they're following up on every lead, but they have no belief that there's any danger to the general public. The reason I believe, the reason I bring it up, one, I mean, the police can't get her to talk to them anymore. Uh, Local authorities say that she's refusing to talk with them since she made her initial statement after the 49-hour-long search, revealed nothing. Secondarily, I, she has to be, I mean, Carly Russell has to be charged with something eventually, right? You, if we operate on the belief that she made all of this up, you can't just say, oh, well, I guess she's got a, screw loose or i guess she's going on going through some sort of mental breakdown so oh well goes with the territory i mean the police have to send a message that it is not only inappropriate but it's criminal activity for you to call in a false report just absolutely absurd it's a very odd set of circumstances it almost feels like a keith morrison you know, one of those um, Dateline NBC specials where you're trying to think what in the world would lead someone to want to, quote unquote, fake their disappearance. There are a number of theories. One, she was going to meet someone and didn't want her parents to know about it. I mean, she left work and she got food for a family member at a local restaurant before sliding by the Target to pick up some snacks. Snacks for what? What is she sitting around the woods eating snacks for two days? I mean, where was she for two days? And most intriguing, how do you feel like you're going to get away with something like this? If we believe my operational theory that all of this was made up, because I I don't believe anyone abducted Carly Russell. I mean, everyone wants to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I understand that. But no one saw an 18-wheeler. No one saw a baby. Nobody. And that is a well-traveled portion of the interstate sliding around Birmingham from west to east or east to west. Police have not ascertained any video surveillance of any of this, of any sort. And now Russell is refusing to cooperate with a follow-up statement to police. I think before the door is closed on this story that Carly Russell will be charged with I don't know what I, I don't know that you can charge her with filing a, pol- a false police report based on the 911 call, but you can potentially charge her with something along those lines.
I don't know that Carly Russell needs anything other than psychological evaluations, uh, but you got to give her a healthy fine and make her pay for the expense of the search that went on for two days. Just an absolutely weird story that I thought you would appreciate. 48 minutes after the hour, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric wrapping it up on Red Eye Radio in just a moment. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Across America and around the globe, Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for the guys. Gary and Eric back tonight. I want to say a special thank you to Brian back at home base. Alan screening the telephone calls all evening long. They make it so easy to uh, fill in for the uh, unfillable shoes of Gary and Eric. And I do appreciate Brian and Alan and everything uh, that they bring to the table. It just it makes it so much fun talking to you across America. Many of you across America went to see Barbenheimer. The Barbenheimer phenomenon started out as a good-natured competition between what seemed to be two polar opposite films, but both movies benefited apparently from the hype. Internationally, Barbie earned $182 million. Man, oh, man. From 69 separate territories, most of that obviously in the United States of America. Oppenheimer did pretty well for itself, too. Uh, It raked in about $100 million in total uh, in total ticket sales, Oppenheimer is one of those that I do truly want to see. I enjoy Christopher Nolan uh, and his work, and obviously historical drama along these lines. Hopefully, not woke. A lot of folks given uh, given the Barbie movie a pass because they feel like it's woke nonsense. I what I'm most fascinated with are the number of people that are mad at the movie because they don't feel like it's going to be what they wanted it to be. To which I say, well. Maybe this just isn't the movie for you. If you wanted a movie that creates a bond between mother and daughter, I don't suppose that this is the film for you, considering, you know, some of the reviews. And one would think that parents would do their own due diligence and look into the film, but apparently uh, it's doing pretty well for itself. Uh, the Barbie flat, and, yet, and I, I, I would just look at it as a the seventh level of hell, having to go see the Barbie movie for myself, but. It apparently enough people enjoyed going to see it. It spun box office gold with um, about 150. I, I, I actually misquoted it. About 155 million dollars in ticket sales from North American theaters, surpassing the Super Mario Brothers movie and giving Hollywood the best box office weekend of its year, along with Oppenheimer. The guys are back tonight on Red Eye Radio. I have loved it. I've enjoyed it. Follow me at Matt Murphy Show and listen on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. For all- this is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.